gentlemen, 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 you know, Ben, I was telling Zach about this before we started recording, but I went back and I was listening to some of our old podcast episodes, like season one, season two, real rudimentary shit where we would start every episode with me playing a totally unlicensed copyrighted rap song from my cell phone directly into the microphone. Hell yeah. Um, which I think is definitely like an era of this podcast. Like that's for sure, like a specific era time capsule statement. But I got to the episodes where we were in Oxnard and you and I were marveling at the presence of pre-snap motion in a couple plays at practice. And we were like, oh, we've never seen that before from the Cowboys offense. And I was sitting there thinking about that in relation to this game and what we saw from Garrett, from the Giants and what we saw from Kellen. Man. We do need to like pause and really enjoy what's going on with this team, man. It's really special. It's fucking cool. Yeah, you know, on that same note, you know, we've been texting and and uh, I know we'll get into it. Andy's going to hype up Randy again, which I'm happy for the man. Oh, but, I am indeed. But we were going through and I was like, man, he is playing great. But if you're hard pressed to find someone on this team who's not absolutely excelling in their role right now. I mean, it's There's like it's maybe two thing. on the right. whole squad. Like, and under any other circumstances last year or other years like that, what Tyler Biotish is doing, you'd be totally fine with. You'd be like, hey, one or two snaps a game are off. That's that's better than what we got from Gerard. So, hey, we'll roll with it. Well, this is Boys Will Be Boys. I am Benjamin that T. Walker. Is. Andy Gatelli. Zachary Love. We are coming to you live from two days after yet another, the fourth consecutive Dallas Cowboys victory, this time over uh, most hated and also significantly injured NFC East rival New York Giants. Um, gentlemen, coming into this game, I think there was kind of like a lot, and I attribute this a lot to like national media, they, they have to have a story. And so going into a game just being like, yeah, the Cowboys are going to kick the shit out of the Giants is not a good enough storyline to get people to go watch a game. And so they have to kind of, oh, you know, Saquon and Danny Dimes started to look pretty good last week. Is this a trap game for the for the Cowboys? Are they looking forward to Foxborough next week? They haven't beat the Patriots since 1996. Is this going to be like a, a game that they stumble over? Um and it turned out to be nothing of the sort, really, uh, especially once we got into this game and the Giants had pretty much anyone you've ever heard of on their team get injured within the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, but it was a game nonetheless, uh, a game the Cowboys uh, did continue to kind of do exactly what we've seen them done over the last month. Um, so I'll start with Ben. Ben, tell me about your experience watching this little exhibition. Yeah, I um... – like one of my co-hosts is, is about to tell you as well. Uh, I did not actually get to catch all of this game. Um, I had a, a golf tournament with our fellow, many of our fellow buddies. We were up in Oklahoma. It was gusty, windy. The, the course was pure carnage. So I was playing that in the morning, drive back, get back to get back to the lake house with a bunch of hungover bros licking their wounds from golf. And so it was pretty loud. I didn't get to watch, you know, play by play. Um, was kind of peeking up at the, the TV screen here and there. Plus, I just wasn't too worried about the Giants. But it was good chilling with the boys. It was good, um, 
watching watching us kick ass and and looking up and being like, oh wow, we we scored again. I guess we're just destroying this team. So it was it was it was a stress free Sunday. That's nice. That's nice, Zach. I know you were uh, otherwise engaged as well. Yes, I was actually coming back from a camping trip all uh, Sunday. So I basically got to sit in the passenger seat. My roommate decided he wanted to listen to a Spotify instead of the game. I had to download an app on my phone that would let me play a radio station. I don't know what station it was. I have to listen to <laughs> most of the fourth quarter. Not very well. They said that after the Giants scored, the Cowboys then kicked off, kicked an onside kick and recovered it. And I then had to text Andy and be like, what the hell just happened? Dude, yeah, oh, that's that is a, a JV broadcast from somewhere for sure. Um, yeah. I did get to watch this entire game, uh, and I'll tell you what, I'm kind of jealous that you guys only d- didn't really have to pay that close attention. Um, this game at the beginning was actually a little bit stressful. So um, I will say this, Andy: the very first play that I got to the house and turned on was a replay of Dak's interception. So I was just yeah. like, "Tie." Tight, tight. So, Good start. so the the first the first and Dak did say after the game that like despite effectively trying to just like treat this like it was any other game, all the continual emphasis on like 364 days since on this very field against this very team, Dak Prescott blew his ankle into a thousand pieces, did create some sort of what he described as a mental fog, which I can understand. That is weird. Um, I've had not not anything of that nature, but similar things were like, oh, you know, a year ago I was doing X, and it does distract you a little bit. So first drive, uh, the Cowboys came out and moved the ball pretty effectively down the field. We got into Giants territory, and on fourth and two, they decided to go for it at the Giants 44. Uh, Zeke gets out into the flat, and if I'll tell you this. If Dak completes this pass, it maybe is a touchdown. Zeke has no one on that side of the field. He's wide open. Um, and this is frankly just a really good athletic play by Lorenzo Carter, the DN for the Giants. Um, you could maybe put this a little bit on Tyron for not – a lot of times when you're doing a three-step drop and then a pass out into the flat, you have your left tackle kind of like get his hands onto the DN so the DN has to put his hands down and engage to like protect his ribs. But Lorenzo Carter gets his hands into the passing lane. He bats it up in the air and then comes down with it. It's a really good athletic play. Um, and so the Cowboys immediately start with an interception. Fortunately, uh, the defense really did respond in kind. Uh, they didn't get a turnover, but they held the Giants to 15 yards uh, on a six-play drive, and the Giants missed a 54-yard field goal. So no harm done there. Um, uh, what I saw of that interception, which was only the highlights, it didn't really look like you could blame Dak too much for that one. That was just no. a great play by the defender. Yeah, and a lot of those are just luck. Like, DNs and D-linemen put their hands up every time, and you just try to throw it in a location where their hands are not, but that's a coin flip type situation. And again, credit to Lorenzo Carter. It was a really good play, not only to get your hand on the ball, but to not but to bat it up and come down with it. It was a really impressive play for a guy of his size. So that was cool for them, but – Unfortunately, they did not get any – well, fortunately for us, they did not get any points off of it. Um, When the Cowboys got the ball back, um, they, again, kind of marched straight down the field. Um, We got to the Giants' 12, and on third and seven, 
Uh, Dak fires a ball into the end zone. It hits Dalton Schultz in the hands, and Dalton Schultz drops this. And so we settle for a field goal there. And so it was, was just kind bad. of this beginning point where you're just like, are they out of sync again? It was very similar to the beginning of the Carolina game. Just they're letting the Giants kind of hang around. The offense isn't quite clicking yet. Um, so I saw something. Um, and we talk about PFF a lot on this. It's just a, it's just a interesting tool, you know, for grading players and, and seeing, you know, the stuff that you don't watch every player on every play. Uh, so the highest graded player on the Dallas Cowboys, do either of you want to take a guess this week? Uh, is it Tyron Smith? The one that I saw was, was Dalton Schultz, or maybe he was the highest tight end this week. He may not be the highest Cowboy, but uh, hmm. I just thought that was fascinating. That at all. You know, yeah. he's one of those guys that he's 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 sort of flashed. He he flashes without flashing. Like I never watch a play by Schultz, and I'm just wowed. Like I'm like, damn, that's a hell of he a play by Schultz. He does his job well. I'm not going to yeah. say he's a bad tight end. There is just these moments where you you wish you had that next level of player that could like make the really ke- like tough catch in traffic or you know get more yards after catch or etc. And I don't know if Schultz is that guy. I personally think, and this is just my evaluation as someone who's never been involved in high level football. I do think Jarwin is the better receiving threat than Dalton Schultz. I think Jarwin gives you more ability to go vertical. I think Jarwin maybe has slightly better hands. I think what they like about Schultz is that he does 90% of what Jarwin can do in the passing game. He's a pocket knife, right? Like he's a team. And he doesn't tip your hand to the defense. If Jarwin's on the field, they know you're passing. If, if, if he's on the field, you're suddenly like, okay, like Schultz does everything. So you can't yeah, he, guess based on that. He he does everything with, with enough competency that you can kind of tell him to do whatever on a roll and, and he'll 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 do decently. And hell, even this game, his his stats at the end of the game looked looked great again on paper. I mean yep. um, and, he, and he was and he did have a good game, but this moment, this is a touchdown in a big game. If you're playing the Packers, you need this touchdown for sure. If it wasn't a TD, it's first and goal at the the three or four. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a pretty bad drop, and then uh, you know, a field goal. Um, you know, not like a stall in the red zone, but we've been so good this year that kind of we've been so good this year that when this happened, I actually thought to myself like, "Wow, we didn't score in the red zone, huh?" Well, and the, and actually, Mark Cooper talked about that after the game. Um, he. And, and actually to the ire of some Cowboys fans, because he said the words, he said, like, you know, we're starting to think about a Super Bowl. And as we prep for something like that and we get closer, you know, our goal as an offense is to score every single drive because our, our mindset is if we score every time we touch the ball, no one can beat us. And so when we don't score on a drive or we come away with no points or we mess up something like that, that is for us a, a failure because we are striving for, for or perfection, which I actually thought that was a really good quote. I think it's stupid to think that these guys are not considering the idea of winning a Super Bowl. I think that's dumb. Um, to say it out loud, people seem to really freak out about that, but I, I actually thought it was really cool that Amari said that. So that was my take. I have no problem with it. I mean, look, these guys have, have talked about 
constantly that there's something different about this team and the way they're gelling. And hell, even Dez, who we love Dez, he's always he's not like at every Cowboys game and like on the field high fiving people, which is which is awesome. But I saw him tweeting up I'm a totally storm down about for how to be the, the vibe, the energy on this team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, it, 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 it is, is just different with this squad. Um. So they do they do have to settle for this field goal. Uh, the Giants get the ball back at the 25, and this is super sad, man. So first play the Giants have here, this is a pretty key moment in this game. Um, they put Saquon out as a wideout. He's all the way out on the edge, and Micah Parsons is covering him as a cornerback one-on-one. Uh, he runs a slant pattern. Daniel Jones misses him. And as the play is kind of slowing down and everyone's just kind of like coming to a trot, him and Jordan Lewis cross pass and their ankles like get intertwined and Saquon's ankle just bends. It looks like Dax last year. Um, he goes down instantly. And a couple minutes later on the sideline, they show his ankle being taped up and it looks like there's a grapefruit inside dude's ankle. It was really ugly. And then he got on the cart and they took him off. Um, which I, I assume has to just be a really weird feeling for the giants. Having seen that happen to Dak, last year on this field and that there's so much talk about that pregame um and then to see it yeah, happen to Saquon looked, that ankle looked like a, he had a baseball attached to it yeah yeah he really did Four. so I saw some of them trying to say that it was uh, on purpose Lewis. he put his foot dude, there on purpose so Saquon would do it dude if, if that's how we're using Jordan like, Lewis, then uh, that's that's a that, crazy skill set. Kind of know where assassin. to put your foot. Yeah, he's a super skilled assassin. If that's the what actually happened. Did you see? So, uh, did, you, did you see? Did you see his tweet about that? He said. Um, he said something along the lines like, "Man, y'all mad weird if y'all think I did that on purpose." <laughs> yeah, especially, and we'll get to this in a minute, but especially from what we saw later in this game during another injury, you can tell that that's just not even how players view injuries on on a football field so the giants that really derailed the whole drive for them i think they uh they got one yard from booker when he came in to back up barkley and then another incomplete pass that Diggs broke up to galladay he almost picked this shit for real he was hand fighting for the ball with galladay at this point almost rips his first one uh so the cowboys get the ball back at the new york 49 um and it goes dak and pollard just go to work uh Eventually, they end up on the Giants' uh, 22-yard line. Zeke's back in the game. Five-yard run, then a 12-yard run for Zeke. Second and goal at the New York Five. Uh, there's a snap. It hits – Dak is kind of one step ahead of where the, where the play is. It hits him in the – he's trying to catch it like, you know, you would catch a football, and it hits the back of his hand or the side of his hand. Uh, and unfortunately, at the exact moment that the ball – hits his hand and falls to the ground. Zeke runs in front of him. And so Dak is separated from the football by a body. And that gives just enough time for the blitzer who's coming in to dive on the football. And the Cowboys turn the ball over on the five. So this was kind of the peak of the Cowboys being like, fuck, what's going on? Like watching the game, I was like, we are totally blowing this. This is crazy. Um, is this yeah, he looked – the uh, Dak- text? the vomit emoji and everything. As such. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would have, I'm kind of glad I didn't see this part. Dude, it was, and that and was in the context of the larger game. It ended up being totally meaningless, mm-hmm. but 
it was a moment where I was just like, is this going to, cause you're, you've heard all week, just the, is this a trap game? Are they overlooking this team? Is this a game where they stumble? Did the Giants find and, their swing and they're coming for the division? Right. And now it's two, you've had two turnovers in your first three drives and you're just like, I saw this. Yeah. I, I saw this and I saw some fans getting on to Tyler about this. I don't think this was that bad of a this snap. This wasn't a bad I snap. Think... There were there were two snaps in this game that were bad. One was really high, one was to the right. This was not a bad snap. Tyler I think so too. Had... And I I rewatched this play. Sorry, my, my internet's slow. I might be delayed on y'all, but um uh you know, I rewatched this and I think they were going to run a read option here and Dak's yeah. eyes kind of lit up, you know, reading that, that, that end. So that's kind of my guess of why he may kind of cheated the eyes just a little bit there. So, you know, sloppy play can't turn the ball over on the five yard line. Um, I think I attributed a little bit to that a little bit too. And maybe this is me sticking up for our quarterback. Um, Tyler has had issues with snaps being low, being high, being to the left or right. If a quarterback has to think about where the snap's going to be, that in and of itself can cause miscues in the snap and where you're catching it. Um, but again, it could just be exactly what you're talking about, that they were going to run kind of a read option, and he was just his eyes were just one step ahead of where he, they should have been, which is secure the ball and then make your move. But, yeah, so – we do turn it over. Um, fortunately, again, the defense absolutely just shuts it down. Uh, Dude, so Danny Dimes in this game, Andy, started 0 for 7. Dude, we were in the second quarter before he completed a pass. He was getting the, locked and down. And the one, the one pass we'll get to, I mean, was he just sort of throws up a Hail Mary that uh, Anthony Brown gets beat loses. on. Like it's not, he just, yeah. he just Anthony Brown does not locate the ball. It's coming in behind his head, and he just puts his hands up and runs into Kadarius Tony, and Kadarius Tony manages to catch. It's, oh, dude. Let me tell you how frustrating it was to see Kadarius Tony like crowned the greatest wide receiver since Odell Beckham after this game, when like I know how 130 of his yards came from two blown plays by Anthony Brown. I will say, I mean, he threw a, a, a stupid lolly, as Kobe once called it, a lollipop little little punch bullshit. Um, yeah, the drunk sorority girl punch, where you lead with yeah. your, the bottom of your palm, and you and you somehow miss a football helmet. Like, dude, your helmet's your head's a foot I wide, think, and you missed. I think that was a business decision towards the it end. It could be. You don't want to break um, your wide receiver. Yeah. Your hands are your money makers, so that might have been just like I want to send the message that I want to punch you, but I'm aware I can't harm but you. Type situation. I, I don't know what that kid has in the future. The rumors he's been in the doghouse for a while. And I know you were you were you were getting upset, but I will say he was the one bright spot of their entire team. Most definitely. Like I'm he not was I'm not saying the only he's, person that was doing anything on the field. I'm not saying he's Odell Beckham Jr. I'm just saying he had a like even when he caught the ball a few times, like, damn, that was that was a nice little move. And it could have just been a good game. And we saw Golden Tate look like a god. Now I, I will say that when uh when it was crunch time and it was in the end zone, he he fell over and couldn't catch a ball. So but we'll get there. Um the Cowboys do get the ball back. On their own 35, uh, Zeke immediately runs up the middle for 14 yards. And then this play, dude, this was the get, This was the play where you felt like, okay, everything's going to be fine. Third and eight from the Giants 49. Uh, I love this because leading up to this game, there was a great – it was an interview that went around with James Bradbury. 
And he was like, yeah, the Cowboys just kind of dink and dunk. They, they lack explosive plays. They can't really go over the top on you. Well, James found himself one-on-one against C.D. Lamb. And C.D. absolutely roasted his ass one-on-one with safety help and took a 49-yard touchdown to the house. It was perfect throw by Dak. It was a nasty catch by C.D. Cowboys are suddenly up 10-0. Beautiful play. Yeah, this is probably Dak's prettiest throw of the game. Um, you know, he has had like some bad QBRs for whatever that's worth. His pro football focus scores are nice, but his QBR, he's kind of floating around the middle. And I wonder if that's just because. Well, QBR kinda... does take into account running and sacks and things like that. So could be. Yeah, and it's it's the way I've heard it basically explained. It's it's. Like compared to, I don't know if it's league average, but how like well you basically played on a scale of one to ten, like a hundred's mm-hmm. the max. So he's just kind of to them been league average on some plays, which I don't really feel that when I watch him. But maybe you know in this game I kind of get it that the pick and the fumble. Although know, I will say, from a, speaking of QBR, in this game on third down, Dak was ten of 12, 16 yards per attempt, and had a QBR of ninety nine point seven. <laughs> out of 100 on third downs in this game. He is, as of right now, has a 59% conversion percentage on third down passes, which is the top in the NFL. So right now, the man Dak is dealing, especially in crunch situations. Um, So, yeah, he throws an absolute dime to CeeDee Lamb. For that throw, too, Um, uh, Dak was talking about how he did have that mental fog as he stated coming into this game and playing this game. And this was the pass, though, once he made it. He said it all just went away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could, you could see the difference in the play afterwards. It, it, it yeah. really was night and day. Because um, up until this point, you've got uh, interception, field goal, fumble, and then after this, it's touchdown, the one punt of the game, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, and a pick six after that. So the Cowboys absolutely steamroll this team from this point onwards. Um, for the rest of the going – and actually the Giants actually tie this game up. Uh, Daniel Jones pretty much marches down the field uh, and manages I was never to, worried. Uh, like even when they, they scored, I just I, – like sometimes you're like, oh, shit, here they come. I was just well, – even with 10-10. So much. Scoring yeah. cost them so, – so this is the, the – they actually tie it up 10-10 um, with about uh, two minutes, three minutes to go in the half. Um, but, man – I, I cannot tell you what how weird it was to watch Jason Garrett from the other side. Like the lack of any fear I felt of Jason Garrett's play calling in the red zone was palpable, man. Like as soon as they get down into that 10 yard zone, you're just like, dude, they just don't have any, anything that can, they really are just like throwing shit at the wall on third and goal. Jason Garrett calls a naked bootleg for Jones to run out there to the left and just try to get in by himself and Golston and, you know, newly promoted Jabril Cox, who is fast as shit gets out there, meets him. Unfortunately, Daniel Jones has met with a totally impossible situation. Do you slide, which is the safe decision and you're called a wuss forever. Doesn't want to win. Doesn't have the leadership quality or do you lower your head and hope you get in and risk exactly what happened, which is you, effectively knock yourself cold on the field. Um, he gets stopped at the one. He gets up. He takes like two steps and 
it looks like foam falls out of his mouth. He stumbles really bad. And this was the moment I was talking about earlier. J. Ron Curse actually immediately, as soon as he sees the stumble, kind of like jogs immediately to to Daniel Jones and like kind of steadies him and like helps him until the Giants training staff can get to him, um, which he did get a lot of props for from both Giants fans and national media. It was kind of a moment where it was like suddenly they weren't playing football anymore. But it was scary, dude. Like, it was really scary. This guy looked like he had no idea where he was. Like I said, it's like something came out of his mouth. It was horrible. It was horrible. And it was just an unnecessary play call. And the next play, they just run Devontae Booker in, and he scores. Like, just do that. You don't need to risk well, I, I, I will say, I mean, it's bad for Danny. I just think that's what happened. I mean, they did on first and goal from the two, run, get stuff. Second and goal from the one, run, get stuff. So I kind of get trying something different. Um, I do give Jabril Cox a shit credit. I don't know if LVE and Jalen make that play. I mean, that I, he even said J- as a rookie LVE, in the game, uh, he knew they were going to try something on him, and he was he was very aware. And, LVE uh, I won't speak for because he actually had a really good game. Um, yep. This was the most I noticed LVE in the game in years like he had some really good plays in this game but i'm fairly confident that jalen smith does not make this play um no way he just he just gets beat around the corner unfortunately and jabril cox dude he is big and he is very fast um and he makes this play this is a touchdown saving play a very clutch play now he's they score the next play but this is really 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 clutch so they do tie it up at 10 and so the Cowboys get the ball with about 250 to play. Um, and Dak just executes a super clutch drive. They just Dak just basically walks down the field. He hits Amari for a 21-yard pass, Schultz, Schultz. And then at second and 10 on the 24, Dak fires a bullet that threads the needle between a safety and a corner that Amari had turned around with his elite route running, hits Amari right in the breadbasket as he's diving into the end zone, touchdown. Um, so with 36 seconds to go, exactly like a perfect two minute drill, TD and the Cowboys go into the into halftime up 17 10. Yeah, a, a beautiful game, uh, or a beautiful throw here. Um, probably, I mean, just an absolute rocket. Um, it's a, just a piss missile, as they say, out of Dak's arm there. Uh, and you know, we didn't see a lot of Amari in this game, you know, we saw a couple little bit of CD, he's a little dimpy. Uh, Amari yeah, was definitely hurt. I think it's just another game, man, that we we just, <laughs> I, you know, I continue to preach or, or appreciate the game plans that Kellen is calling because we we are, are so effectively moving the ball that we don't even have to get it to two of our best players. Like before the season began, we were, you know, we were thinking, could we have three 1,000-yard receivers? Like could Gallup, CD, and Amari's all get 1,000? I think that two of them still might be. And at the same time, we have two guys on pace for over a thousand rushing yards. Yeah. So I mean, this what do you do on this offense? And Schultz is on pace for like nine hundred ninety receiving yards. And and look, it's it's week, it's five games. Who knows what happens? And we have the seventeenth game, which adds a little bit of extra fluff on on some of those numbers. But still, um, it's it's wild how many weapons this team has. That you know, we can have weeks where Amari Cooper seemingly isn't a big part of the game plan, and yet win by 24 you know yeah it was I, I told someone after the game it's very strange to watch a team that frankly probably turned in like a b minus performance and put up 500 yards of offense like it is freakish i mean to give you historical perspective here the cowboys passed for 300 and rushed for 200 
which they had not done since 1981. So even the best day that Troy, Michael, and Emmett ever had, they never rushed for 200, passed for 300, period. That's, I mean, that's crazy. It's, it's truly eye-popping numbers. In a game where, again, you kind of come out of it being like, oh, you know, they need to clean some of that up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone's too happy about the performance. No, and I that's mean. on top of all that. Happy they, with the result, but not the performance. They really remind me, and I might catch shit for this, of, of like the, the peak Patriot era offense where yeah. they would they would win Those games and it, it wasn't it wasn't about winning it was about like perfection perf- yeah like perfection looking 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 the part the entire time and so i remember even it was either mario or dak you're right post game was was like cut off a reporter uh i think it was helmet or somebody asked you know you know how does it feel you guys win by 24 you know you started slow again and before you could you finish he goes well that's not good like we shouldn't be starting slow He's yeah. like, we should, we should want to score a touchdown on every single drive. Like, no one's perfect. We aren't perfect, but we damn sure, you know, that should be the goal every single time. So, I, it's, it's, it's awesome to see that that's kind of their attitude, and it feels like they can just sort of show up and win games right now. They do um, impose their will, man. It's weird because we've seen different teams try different things on this offense. So, like, the Panthers, for instance, came in. And the Panthers, who had effectively shut down every run game in the league up to that point, played a ton of nickel and said, we are not going to get beat over the top by Amari and Lamb. And we are confident that our linebackers can be good enough playmakers to stop your running game. They got murdered on the ground. Well, and the Chargers did the same thing. The Chargers basically beg you to run as where Tampa essentially will load the box, play a lot of man on the outside, you know, single high, which by the way, the Patriots play a lot of man single high. So yep. I imagine it's going to be a very heavy pass passing. Although game it is going to be up. raining. So yeah. we're going to, it'll be an interesting, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but this game, I felt like this was a little bit of like the, the giants were at the tasting menu. Like they were, they kind of tried a bunch of different looks and they got everything they got. And weird combinations. Like, this was a this was a game where Zeke did his best best running on the outside, and Pollard did his best running up the gut. So like the two they flipped roles. Everyone's like, oh Zeke's really just a pound up the rock up the center back, and then Pollard does everything on the wings in open space. And they really flipped those two roles, and both of them were incredibly successful. Zeke goes for over a hundred. Pollard goes for like seventy on ten touches. Um, obviously you know. Amari, Lamb, they're getting long touchdown passes. Dak ends up with like three TDs. It was crazy. And again, they just, and the, I do have to credit Kellen, man. The play design on some of these was insane. And this next touchdown, um, the first one of the third quarter for us. Yeah. I think- second and goal play with the fake toss to Pollard flip back to Zeke, who high steps into the end zone, was one of the coolest play designs I've ever seen. And like, that's just something we just didn't even comprehend ever yeah five years ago pollard coming across then you fake the handoff to zeke look back to pollard on the sweep or i think it was pollard sweeping and then oh by the way actually we're gonna throw it to to zeke we just fake the handoff to and zeke prime times into the end zone i love that shit that was my favorite zeke td this year it was hilarious awesome was this also after we all thought he got injured 
Zeke I think that comes fall on up the later. No, no, it's it's the play before. Zeke falls on the pylon, the play before this. And everyone's like, oh, my God, is Zeke out? And then they're like, oh, wait, he's back on the field. And he runs that play, and the announcer goes, I guess Zeke's okay, as he's high-stepping into oh, the Oh, yeah, okay, they, I see. Now, first and 10 from the 12, yeah. He had seven yards, and okay. His was term was yeah, questionable. After, okay. after the game, they asked him about it, and they, he was just like, yeah, I guess there's like a camera in that pylon, but it's hard, man. That hurt a lot. Why is that there? <laughs> Like, yeah, I saw him joking about it, and I saw him um, uh, oh, just on the Giants game thread. They hated this play. Oh man, that's <laughs> yeah, that is, that is to them. That's gonna be the Odell catch, the Deshaun Jackson falling backwards into the end zone play. Like those ones where they're just like disrespectful, dude. That's what makes the NFC East great. Is this when your rival play. when your rival rubs your nose in it. Yeah, you you remember that shit. <laughs> So, like, if Saquon had done that, Andy for sure would have been, like, blowing up. Oh, uh, I would have thrown something through the television if Saquon. <laughs> Luckily, Saquon never breaks 10 yards if he's on the field at all. So, we're fine. But, dude, the, one of the best things about this, go watch the replay of this play. And after Zeke is, like, celebrating, you watch, they, they turn the camera around and they look back at the field and you see Dak coming to, like, congratulate Zeke. And Dak's, like, doing this funny skipping motion. It's super hilarious. I love their bromance so much. Um, yeah, and so, it was it rained it poured on this one because immediately, yeah, Mike Glennon decides that he's going to try to test that boy. You don't, and he's been warned. And to Daniel Jones' credit, he's the first quarterback all year who has not thrown a pick to Diggs. So he <laughs> almost he almost threw two picks to Diggs. But I was going to say, man, by default, like he's under pressure on one of them where he's being chased down by Randy and Micah, and he tries to sidearm one in that Diggs really should have picked off in the first quarter. Oh yeah, and I was losing my mind. And then he tries to throw a ball out of bounds, and Dig nearly Charles Woodson's it and goes up and. Nearly to, I mean, he was out of bounds, but a super well, they, athletic they asked him about on the sideline and on the back. They asked him about that after the game, and he was like, as I'm going up, I'm looking down to see where my feet are going to land and then looking out to see if there's anyone that I can tip the ball to. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, this guy is truly just seeing the Matrix right now. Like, he is, he is the one at this moment. Like, I was, I was listening to the Ticket, and they, they have a they have a, a saying I love, to, I, love, I love to use about uh he's playing with his food a little bit like where you know you're yeah. you know you're win and and he's like he's got Mike Glennon back there he he I mean he clearly lets he baited Tony this guy front. yeah he fully I mean, baited this clearly guy. baited it's, him it's where Deion if this Sanders, falls thrown on the, the, the play this morning what? like essentially the play from Dion this morning against the Raiders he literally lets this no-name receiver on the Giants get one or two steps on him as soon as Glennon thinks he's got him he throws it that fifth gear clicks in and Diggs is right there to out track the ball. He tracks the and ball better than the receiver it. and high points the ball and, and just takes it. It's fucking crazy. Dude. Now, do I want him to do that against Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't want him to try those kind of things, but the, the fact boy's that he, feeling himself, the boy, yeah, the fact that he, right he knows who he's playing. You know what I mean? And that's part of being an elite player too. It's like understanding your competition, knowing that weaknesses like, so Diggs gets his sixth interception in five games. He's now two games away from the record of consecutive games with an interception since the merger. Um, I don't know. I, I, Mac Jones is a rookie who has thrown a lot of interceptions and has almost no receivers. I is really he wonder. Even try Diggs? Like I have I to imagine. Really, I, they're not I'm surprised they were still trying him this game. I really yeah, thought they I agree with you. both both the quarterbacks, Daniel Jones and 
Lennon thing. But I guess the question, I guess it becomes this thing where it's like, do you just make peace with never throwing to your best receiver? Or do you try Hmm. digs when you think you have some kind of advantage? Well, and what they say is white, the, 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 not the knock, but the the label on him, right? Is he's a gambler, right? He's gonna yep. he tries to jump route, so even come off his route. I mean, we've seen it, right? We used to talk. I mean, me and you, Andy. That, that's what we wanted, like in the Sante Samuel, a Marcus Peters, who, yeah, they they got beat a lot, but you know what they did? <laughs> they got a lot of interceptions, and yeah. pick six too. He'll very and, rarely, but every now and then, give up like those twenty yard plays. Oh yeah, I, guess yep. I mean, not, not enough, but I mean, his PFF his PFF grade is is low for a reason, and it's it's really. Or not as high as we think it should be for a reason, and it's strictly be because on a on a play. To, <laughs> that's what I think. On a play to play basis, he does he does gamble. But I love it, man. I mean, this is uh, this is you know, I hate that we always go back to this, Andy. But I'm gonna do it one more time. The the Byron Jones comparison. Oh, go I go go back told, and watch Byron's totally. game Sunday, dude. The 16 million dollar man getting roasted by Mike Evans, and tell me that you don't. You'll not you won't take a couple twenty yard meaningless yard plays while Diggs gets a turnover yeah. every game and gives you an offense an extra possession with good field position. That's the thing. I'd rather I'd rather this guy who's gonna get the takeaways and the shot in the arm than like when Byron played a perfect game and you just never heard from him or something. Well, I mean, here's like, what I'll not, if you're the I, Jets, I, this is the type Rebus, of corner I want. This is the type of guy. If, this is what Dion was. This is if you're, this is well, who if I you're, want. If you're the Jets with Revis, and if the other team scores 17 points, you'll probably lose because your offense is so trash. Then sure, you want a guy who's so locked down that they just can't even get the ball to the best receivers in the league. I totally understand that. But for a team like ours that can effectively, unless you can score 30, you're not, you can't hang like that. You're not in the game with us. Like one extra possession a game to us is uh, almost guaranteed to score. Like it's either some some amount of points, and it's one less opportunity for you to score, which is almost a death knell, especially in a boat race of a game, which is how the high powered offenses of this league are going to play us. So, Diggs may not be that kind of elite cornerback, but he's the perfect kind of elite cornerback for a team like this. And you're right, he is exactly like Dion. He's the and guy I, think- I want. He's the like if I had to design a corner, that's the corner I want. I want the dude sure. who's going to be aggressive. He's going to take gambles. When he's when playing Dion, really confident, he's gonna he's gonna give you these plays. And look, there'll be there'll be plays at some point this season where we're like, ooh, digs. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, we talk about we talked about last year, Andy. I mean, he was a rookie, but scary Terry absolutely turned him around on a double move that yep. Diggs tried to jump. So although I went back and watched some all twenty two film of the Panthers game, and DJ Moore tried that that uh double move on Diggs, and Diggs ate him for lunch and got a pass breakup. So he's he he's he's a smart guy. He's not a full it's not full suicide mode on the gambling, but um, what I do, what I do like is that. So, like when you look back at Dion, he, there was Dion on one side, you had Larry Brown on the other. Like, there's always the other corner who is going to get tested because people are hesitant to test the prime guy. Um, Anthony Brown is now that Jalen Smith is gone. Anthony Brown is now like at public enemy number one of all Cowboys fans. Like people shit on this guy twenty four seven. And frankly, I don't think he's that bad of a corner. Dude, he's fine. He is he's, not. He's that's he's exactly what he is. He's fine. fine. Like, um, <laughs> and later in this game, dude, when Randy gets a good pressure and Glennon throws a bad ball, Anthony Brown makes a house call, dude. Pick six. He already has two picks this year. I guarantee he's going to get a couple more because people are going to be throwing bad passes, and they're just in the moment they're going to panic. They're going to throw a bad pass, and it's going to be not in the direction of Trayvon Diggs. So. 
I think we got a good we got a good pairing going on. And dude, at some point, at some at some point, Kelvin Joseph is going to be healthy. And I don't know, we don't know what he is, but at some point, we're going to see him out there. And I'm, I don't know, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited, you know, if, if they possibly hit gold twice. I mean, this could be a really, really fun thing we got going on. So absolutely. So this game ends 44 to 20. Um, Dak throws for 302, 22 of 32, three touchdowns, the one pick on the first drive. Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, honest, Zeke, boys. I did not watch pretty much anything after after the after we went up 34-13. There wasn't much to watch. There was the pick six and a field goal, and that was really it. Uh Zeke rushes for 110 on 21 touches. Pollard goes for 75 on 14 carries. A lot of that is probably like five or six of Pollard's touches were like two yard. He they gave Pollard the grind time touches at the end where it was just like run up the middle for two yards when we're trying to kill clock, which I kind of like because you're saving that tread on Zeke. And he um, averaged 0.2 more yards than Zeke did per carry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tell him, and, Zach. Tell and, him. Well, and Pollard, Pollard's leading, Pollard is actually leading the league in – yards per carry right now and he's eighth in rushing yards we have two top 10 running backs um and actually i wanted to sh- give you guys some stats real quick on on zeke can specifically you, can real quick can you just imagine how good pollard would be if he got all the carries though if we gave him 40 carries a game dude how good if, he'd be like golly take his average and times it by 40 instead of by 10 <laughs> dude and that's how many yards he'd have so See, it's just, this um, is why we need but, fire McCarthy. You can't figure exactly. Out. He can't make the hard decisions. So uh, I went back and looked at Zeke through five games for every year of his career. Um, so rookie year, which everyone kind of considers peak Zeke, right? Like that's that's Zeke at his best. Mm-hmm. Through five games in 2016, Zeke had 109 carries for 546 rushing yards, 5.01 yards per carry and five rushing touchdowns through five games um all all the years between then and now pretty much like a lower version of that this year however zeke has 85 carries so a full 25 fewer carries because obviously pollard is taking that load from him for 452 and five touchdowns averaging 5.32 yards per carry so zeke has scoring as much and has about a little less than 100 fewer yards, but on 25 fewer carries. And so his average is up almost a full third of a yard uh, because you got the eighth best running back also taking carries in this offense. So Zeke is at operating at maximum efficiency. He's going to be fresher, longer, more effective, less hurt. Pollard is obviously fresh at all times because he doesn't ever – he's never out there for more than like five touches in a row. Um I just, dude, I, I'm so stoked about it. I just think it's such a good setup for us. I think he has perfected that balance. He is currently experiencing career highs in yards per carry and yards after contact, um, which is pretty badass. So, yeah. um, once again, you know, I said this after the Chargers game, and I guess I was wrong, or maybe we're just blowing people out. So these guys are getting, but it's it's crazy that they're Zeke's getting 21 carries and Pollard's getting 14. Like it, oh, yeah. it's it's wild to me how much this team is running. And over the last four games, this team has rushed for eight hundred and six yards. It's wild. Which is the most in any four game stretch in Dallas Cowboys history. It's the greatest rushing attack in Cowboys history. 
period. I mean, yeah, they're dominant. I mean, you know, go back to Terrence Steele. I mean, he's been an awesome run blocker. I mean, they ran to his right side. You know, you're talking about Zeke on the outside. All those runs were off the right. Almost yeah. all those big runs and, were off the right. And I'll give and I'll give a little I'll give credit where it's due. Like part of that is also that they are doing, you know, guard pulls and things where they give they give Steele an easier job to do. They're smart. Sure. They're not asking Steele to do like what they would have Lael doing if he was out there. So they've they've been very smart about giving everyone a role to play that they can do very effectively that makes the whole offense go. Um okay boys, here's a question for you. Rank these cowboy teams 2007 2014 2016 2021 then let's we'll start with you 14 16 18 and here those four uh, 07 14 16 no. and now well, 07 they were just lethal i know they were um probably 07 that was a great team I'm almost going to go in order. Well, I'm going to say 07, 16, no, 07, 14, 18, 16. And I only put 18 above 16 because I'm saying post I don't think Amari. 2018 is a good team. It's, or is that, which was the year they We're doing they won. 2007, 2014, 2016, and now. Oh, I was talking about the one where they won like nine of their last 10, and they beat the uh, – Seahawks. Seahawks. Well, that was a good was, team. I mean, eh, they were. I wouldn't put that in like the in the. Not, yeah, not sorry. One of the, I, I, not one that's of the fair. Three best fair. in the last fifteen years. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I might still go in order and say seven, fourteen, and sixteen. Interesting. Okay, I have oh seven, but it's very close. Twenty twenty one, fourteen sixteen. Wait, okay. where'd you put it? Was, it was 2021. Um, it remains to be seen. Right now, they're 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 last. But we, I, I just need to see more. I just need to see more. That's all. I I don't know how you can put them below 2016. My list. I mean, there's so much more talented than 2016. They're just better version. You have better yeah. versions of everyone on that same team, and they have more talent. Like that. I think that one. I'll, I take issue with. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it it's, it's tough. I'm I'm still used to the the era of the cowboy cowboy collapses. So yeah. I mean, that team did win 16 games. That's all. You're right. Dak is a much more polished player, and I don't know. I could still argue the line in 16 was damn near perfect. You still had probably the last good year I mean, of Des Bryant, but I mean, their receivers are just as good this year. I don't know. It's like I said, I, I just need to see more. That's all. I'm just I'm just yeah. waiting for him. I just want to see I think more. They're, I think they're more talented than – it's tough. 20, 2007, they played really well, but from a talent standpoint, other than Tony and T.O., you absolutely are better at every single position right now than you were in 07. Like it's, right. I don't even think it's close. Like lining up Gallup and Wilson and C.D. versus Sam Hurd and – other associated bums who managed to overperform that year. I don't think is close. Offensive line isn't even close, like not even in the same ballpark. Um, quarterback, obviously, Tony was really good, but he was really young in 07. Dak might be more yeah. polished right now than Tony was in 07. By, by 14, to, I, I have Tony. T.O. is better than any receiver we have now, but every other receiver on the team is definitely this team. 
You're better at tight end in 07. Defense is tough because you have one elite special playmaker in 07, which I don't think you have anyone as good as 07 to Marcus Ware on the team now, but pretty much everywhere else, this team's better by a mile and a half. Trayvon Diggs is better than anyone in that secondary by a thousand percent. So that's tough. 14 is also weird for me because they're really good, but I didn't think they really hit like what we're seeing them do to teams right now. That team didn't really do until the last five games of the season. Like they really got hot at the right time. Like they, they come out the gate, they get absolutely murdered by the 49ers. Then they shakily get it together. And then by week three or four, they look pretty good and they're beating teams. And then after the bye week, they go on and just a murder spree and roll into the playoffs just as invincible juggernaut. Um, but I think right now, at this point in the season, I think they're as good as any team on this list. Uh, yeah. I mean, certainly the 16 team. Like I will say this, they, they might first have couple weeks of the year. They might. What 2021 has, and I don't think any other squad had, was they might have coaching advantages. I mean, even 07 was a Wade Phillips team that just – the only thing about 07 was they, at the time, had the most pro bowlers. And a lot of that is cowboy love, but they had, I think, like nine pro bowlers on that team or something. Yeah, but it. yeah, I get it. But like Roy Williams made the pro bowl on that I know. team, and he sucked. <laughs> like, I know, but you had what? I mean, that was the last. Who, good who year, would you but... trade? Who on, on out, of, out of that defense, other than Demarcus Ware, who would you trade from the 07 team onto this team for the guy we have in the spot now? I'd probably yeah, take Jay Ratliff. I'd, I'd Ratliff, take Jay Ratliff. Ratliff I'll accept as an answer. Although um, Osa, Osa might be as good as Jay Ratliff, dude. He might be. I would love that. I would love that. Uh, and Ratliff only really had like a two or three years. Yeah, he, he had was. a really short. He burned very bright, but for yeah. a short period of time. Um, And I still, I mean, you would take you would take Terrence Newman as your number two behind I mean, yeah, but he, yeah, I mean, that's not, but that's not fair. He doesn't play the same position. He doesn't play number two. He played number one. So yeah, you could, you could rip and run, but like, so in this, in what I'm saying is like, you couldn't take T.O. and put him in Cedric Wilson's spot and call that a fair trade. You know what I mean? You, if you want T.O., you got to lose Amari, which I understand. That's fine. That's uh, in 2014. I'm absolutely trading Amari for prime, prime, prime Dez. Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. It's it's tough because 07 was so it's 14 years ago. So I may have just I mean I was we were stuck in like we, that was that's like a heroic team to us. I'm just yeah. what I'm trying to get across here is like I do think this team is special. I think they are more complete, more balanced, better all around team than maybe any team we have seen in our real memory. Not like six year old, seven year old memory, but like. What There's about 14? Very, see, 14 is the tough one for me. Because like 16. That 14, the 14 was, the difference with 14 too was the NFC was so loaded. Like we went 12 and four with Tony missing a game. So you could really say we were 12 and three in games he started. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the division was actually good. That was a good Eagles team. Um, like the division was just so much better back in those days. Um, and fourteen, Honestly, man, like that prime the, Dez. It'll be decided so this year's dangerous. playoffs. Like if if this Cowboy team makes an NFC title game, they're I think you have to call them the best. Oh, team you will. Had. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely will. Um, and that was that. God. That was painful. Sorry, 14, fourteen was also probably your 
14 to 16 was your like peak O-line. So it's tough. That was yeah. probably the, the best iteration of your offensive line. I mean, that's why Tony had such a great year, right? As he well, was... I feel bad for Tony in 14 because it's the only year he gets a real running game. And they they didn't really achieve that balance again until like this year. Because like 16, they're not balanced. Like Dak can't really – I mean, he can throw, but like you're not that afraid of Dak throwing you the ball. This and... offense is probably the best – offense that we've had as far as pure balance because even i'm looking back at 07 and like julius jones was their leading rusher and romo well, through dude, i've heard people make that picks. comparison like, like yeah we have the two <laughs> we have a two-headed beast just like we did in 07 with marion barber and julius jones i'm just like this is a totally different class of running back like not even i mean maybe marion barber and julius jones together are zeke but now we have pollard too <laughs> so it's like a totally different thing Zach, were you say, trying to say something? Sorry. Well, I was gonna, uh, no, I was let you guys finish up. What I was going to say, though, is as we were talking about it, Samari brought it up. Do you guys think we're going to the Super Bowl? Not in the this is our year type thing, but like legitimately. Do I think we that? can play with I, anybody. I think we can play with anybody. I If, if we I play our A we are legitimate like, contenders. We can beat anybody. Yeah. I'm, that's, that is how I feel. Contenders. I'll say, before I've seen, if we don't make the Super Bowl, I'd say that it's a disappointing season based off what the we've only, seen. I think the only thing that, that really I'm worried about is that when we get farther, if we get farther than we've been right. before, so like past the divisional round, if we get to the NFC title game, there will we become have... this weird story where it's like, this is the best Cowboys team in 20 years. Like they've got to <laughs> win this game or it's a failure kind of thing. And that is because I, I do think that happened in 2016. I think that those rookies were rolling. Everyone was really young. Like they were playing super well. And I do think the stage got too big for them when they got to Green Bay. I think that Dak was not there yet as a true quarterback. I think that you could that whole team ran on Zeke's back. And when he got shut down in the first half against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers put on the light show, we had to play catch up and we didn't do it. We, it was too little too late. Once you're down 28-7. It's really tough, and we and they made an amazing comeback, but that's really hard. I, I, I can see that happening to our defense. I cannot see that happening to our offense I, at this point. Yeah, you know, I I'm, I'm think I'm thinking about it more, and I think to finish up on this one, I think 07 and 16 are similar to your point where I think expectations just weren't as crazy high. That was like Tony's first or second or third full year starting. Remember, I think his first. I think his first um, full year of starting was in 06. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, he was super young. That team was or a gambler, him. dude. That was like true fucking shoot from the hip Romo era before God. he had ever taken a real hit. Like the, the boy would just sling it. Like, same with like the sixteen Cowboys. I don't think they're you know is kind of the new era, right? The passing of the torch with rookie Dak, rookie Zeke. Oh, they're just going to continue to win. Like this is this is a good first effort. Um, as where fourteen was really like, damn, this is like a. Those we are need men. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the men. And like, I think and... that's this team. Like, this is the all right, boys. Like, we've been through this quite a few times. We got a lot of veterans on this team. Like, we're a win now team. We're no well, like think about the coaching staff on this team. Moral victory. You've got Mike McCarthy, who's won a Super Bowl as a yes. coach. You've got Dan Quinn, who, while having an epic collapse, has been to a Super Bowl. He knows what it takes to get there. Kellen's the only guy of the of the big three that doesn't have any of that. But still, like, that's a great 
presence to have in the locker room. I mean, I said it when we were watching Hard Knocks that like when Mike McCarthy got up there and said, I've held that trophy up and it's a lot fucking heavier than you think. Like I was like, damn, dude, this dude does know what it takes to win at that level. Um, and I think this team knows what it takes to win at that level now. I do. It does feel like a very different vibe. It does not feel fragile to me. This team does not feel like it could bowl over with a strong gust of wind. No, okay. if it doesn't. Do that, and, it would have already happened. And, yeah. and I think, you know, looking at their schedule and I mean, we can, I, I peeked ahead at like the Giants, four of their next five. Ooh. I mean, they oh, play... so yeah, I was actually going to read the next. Uh, the oh, next yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go team. ahead. Um, so this is, we could, in the name of talking about us going to the playoffs, we could have this division sewed up in the next month simply because of who our, our division foes play so washington football team um who side note man can we just talk about like fucking the raiders head coach is in an email thread with the <laughs> owner of the washington team and they're like trading boob pics and racial slurs with each other just over emails losers dude like in an email you fucking boomer the work email dude talk Get a cell phone and text the N-word to each other like normal people, <laughs> normal racists, okay? Like, that is fucking crazy to me that you would put anything like that in an email. That's so nuts. Like, John, of John, John Gruden to preserve being, all communication. John like, Gruden being a, a colossal douchebag is about the least surprising thing that, that happened this, this week. Yeah, absolutely. But so, yeah, Washington football team, I wish you nothing but failure until Snyder is forced to sell the team. But their next five games – Home against the Chiefs at Green Bay. So, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Home against the Chiefs, loss. Mm -hmm. yep. At Green Bay, loss. loss. Yep. At Denver, probable Push, loss. Probably yeah. loss. Home against the Bucks, loss. Absolute loss. At the Panthers. Push. Panthers fell back to earth. Yeah. They just yeah. got their ass kicked. They're gonna but have still – I could so, see them yeah. beating. I could see them beating Washington. All right, the Giants, who are probably missing Saquon for a month and Danny for at least a week with the concussion protocol. Home against the Rams, loss. Absolutely. Home loss. against the Panthers again, but I probably because they're missing so many people, that's a loss. At Chiefs in Arrowhead, loss. Loss. Home against the Raiders. That's probably That's a, a push. I, the Raiders are going to be in so so much disarray. They don't have a head coach. Like, and I don't <laughs> the think Giants are terrible. The, the Giants are terrible. The That's Giants crazy. are really. Beautiful. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because the next week they got to go to Tampa Bay. So <laughs> they're getting killed. They're going. They're the losing. Best case, Washington goes two and three, and their next five. What well, best case for New York is one and four. So they'll be two Dude, and what, eight. What 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 two of. Chiefs, Green Bay, Denver, Bucks, Panthers. Are said, they going to? I said best case for them. Yeah, is is, is Panthers and Denver. Best yeah, case. I guess. Yeah, okay. Two and three. All right, that makes sense. That's Gi absolute best case. Like Giants probably are, one and four. The Giants are at. I could I, I could easily see Washington going zero and five. I could see New York going zero and five, and or yep, maybe one will. and four. And then Philly has Bucks at home. Loss at the Raiders. At the Lions, okay, fine. I'll give you Wait. that one, Philly. And then in the link against the Chargers, who look murderous right now, they're going to kill Philly. And then at Denver to play the Broncos. So you could easily see, like, everyone in the division, but in the next month, we could be 
seven and two, eight and one, and all these other teams could be like two and five, two I and do, six. On three that and note, five. on that note, I saw some discussion going around the old Twitter.com today, and I want to get your boys' opinion on it. So I'll open the floor to y'all. It was should we root for Philly to beat Tampa to help the Cowboys get a one seed or fuck Philly. Let's bury him. I mean, they're absolutely no threat to be honest with you. I do want the one seed. I yeah, that's why I asked. Seed, and I don't want Philly to get three top 10 picks next year. Yeah. That's a good point too. The same. Yeah, so maybe point. Philly should just win the maximum number of games they can without ever kind of impacting our season. I also yeah, don't, I, I don't want to. I need the Col- I need the Colts to. I need the Colts to. I need the Colts to bench Wentz ASAP. <laughs> yeah, hey, they're not going to get any better. They need to. They need to punt this season, especially since they just blew like a twenty point lead to Baltimore last night. Bro, that was painful, dude. <laughs> and Wentz, Wentz didn't look that bad, to be honest with you. But Jesus. Okay, I got some. I got some discussion questions for you guys. These are these are some ones I wanted your thoughts on. So I'm listening to this interview today with Duke Mannyweather. He's the private O-line coach that coaches like Tyron, Zach Martin, Lael, Terrence Steele, Lane Johnson, Joe Thomas, all the best O-linemen in the whole league take private O-line lessons from this one guy. He owns this company called O-Line Mastermind. And they brought him on to talk about uh, like Terrence Steele's development and where they see him fitting in after Lael gets back. And he basically said, like, because of what Lyle can do for you in the pass protection game, he can give you, like, he gives you a little bit better run protection and much better pass protection. So he's going to be your right guard. But he can, he definitely thinks that we'll see, like, a super jumbo set where you have your five O-linemen out there and then Steele is the heavy tight end and McGovern's the fullback. So Zeke has, like, seven O-line blockers going in there for goal line stuff, which I thought was really cool. When Lael gets back from his suspension after the bye – where do you guys want him? Do you want him back at right tackle? Do you want him to replace Connor Williams? Do you... What are your thoughts? I, I know we have a crusade against Connor Williams, but in reality, I think you just move Lael back to right tackle. That's probably what will happen, for sure. What if you were in charge of the team? Now? Um... Well, I mean, I would have already benched. I, I would move L to right tackle, and I'd move McGovern to left guard. But so, so either Steel, way, still, still, still doesn't get to play. Correct. I think. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great do, swing tackle. Then I think he's a great swing tackle. I think they'll do jumbo stuff with him. Um, I, were we texting about this earlier? Their jumbo package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'll see him the way they they give McGovern like fullback reps. Uh, but yeah, you I could think... probably see both. You could see Steele as the heavy tight end and McGovern as the fullback, and then you have like this super duper jumbo. Yeah, but that I think that's what I would do. So I'll let Zach answer. I'd probably rotate him out. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what I'd probably do. I'm going to be interested to see how Lael looks when he returns because Steele has done a really solid job. I got to give him credit for that. Um, it's such a weird feeling to have depth at, at offensive line given. What a disaster the position was last year. So, all right, question number two. Gallup or Wilson, once Gallup is back healthy, has Wilson shown you enough? And his, and I will say he's very uh, 
he is your Swiss Army knife as far as the player goes. I mean, he kind of fucked up that wide receiver pass play. That could have been a touchdown had he led either CD or Noah Brown a little more, but he makes great catches, circus catches. He does reverses, run plays, um, and he's a he's a pretty decent uh, emergency quarterback or receiver. So do you keep Cedric Wilson as your third wide receiver in preparation for next year, or is Gallup right back to his vertical threat role? That he I would put Gallup right before? back in. I, mean, I like Wilson, but he is not the same as Gallup. I agree. Wilson is another fun gadget knife, just like um, what I was saying was Schultz. He's probably your best trick play guy, even though that throw he masked. We didn't talk about that. He had that, that little underthrow. I feel bad because like someone made the point, like you can't have a wide receiver take his glove off to because then they'll know that that play is coming. So you have to have your glove on. But he he clearly did not get his grip correct on no, the football. You could see him no. kind of like fumbling with it. And it, Which, it's still a 22-yard pass. It's like a great play. But, yeah, it could have been a an easy runaway touchdown for C.D. or Noah had he which, just led them a little bit. Which, look at Kellen pulling out trick plays up 20 in the fourth quarter. Boy was, boy was feeling himself in this one. Dude, Garrett tried to pull out his little, like, double pass package, and it fucked up bad, dude. Dude, it, it was like a, a seven-yard loss. It was like the longest-running play back to a screen pass. It was so bizarre. Um, to answer your question though, I love Gallup. I think, I think you use him and if he leaves next year, same with Schultz is probably leaving next year. Although maybe they resign him. I don't, I don't know how much money we have, but you anywho, got, you, got, you got all that Jalen money, although it's probably going to Randy Gregory. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I would say, yeah, you, you put Gallup back where he is. Um, okay. And then last one, when Donovan Wilson gets back, do you split up Curse's snaps. Curse has played the most snaps on the defense of anyone. Or do you maintain Curse's role as kind of the do everything? He's kind of your Swiss Army knife guy on defense right now. Yeah, I I, I personally love Curse, man. I the kid, the guy rules. I love Jaron Curse. I think I've never been super high on Donovan Wilson, but I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm a. a, a straddle the fence here and i'm gonna say i, I trust dq in this I, I really do i trust dq and if, if wilson comes back and we lose curse snaps I'll, I'll 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 defer to him he hasn't lost my trust if anything I, i'm loving what i see from the guy so yeah no, i'm also loving curse i'd want him to uh keep going i mean wrong wilson, with it man we didn't get well, donovan wilson's cool anything, and but donovan wilson's cool and he's a hitter for sure which I will say that DQ loves like DQ's whole thing is like long, strong and violent is how he describes his, the guys that he likes. He always wants like huge dudes that have range and just hit like a motherfucker, which is why he loves J Ron curse. Um, we'll just have to see how he does. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah put Wilson in a little bit, see how he does swap him out if needed. Agreed. Agreed. So guys, that's kind of the giants game. Is there any thoughts before we move on to a little Patriots? Um, on that same note where, you know, Mike has sort of been getting more linebacker snaps. We're mm -hmm. noticing we haven't really got a lot of pressure from, well, Randy, to your point, is getting a lot of pressure off the right Dude, side. We're really not had getting a great game or off the left Sunday. side. We're not getting any pressure really off the right. And so I wonder, do you boys want to see more Micah at the end? Are you fine with him kind of being mainly a linebacker or whatever they decide? 
I like the utility play of it. I do want him. I do want him taking snaps at, at rusher because I think that's really useful. Um, I do think we saw more of him at linebacker this time because they expected it to be Penn State on Penn State crime the whole game, just like Micah versus Saquon, and they needed him and his athleticism to to keep Saquon contained. But once Saquon was out, they were like, "Well, this is how we game planned." Um, until Tank gets back. I think Micah will probably lean a little bit more into the pass rushing role that they provided for him. Once you got Tank coming off one end and Randy going out the other, if Randy's still producing like he is now, um, Randy had another game kind of like the Eagles game where he didn't get any sacks. The defense didn't get any sacks, period, because the Giants clearly like were game planning to just throw the ball immediately every time. But Randy did get nine pressures, six hurries, and three QB knockdowns. Uh, and there were some highlights of him just destroying Nate Solder, which was awesome. Um, but once Tank's back, I think you'll be able to let Micah really just kind of almost freestyle out there, play a lot of linebacker, play a lot of that outside backer rush, kind of hybrid rush role, and then let Randy and Tank pin their ear back and go. So that's where I see it for now. You got another month till Tank's back. Yeah, I want them to keep just putting Parsons for everything they need for the game. But, you know, I – in the end, if everyone's healthy, I really want him backing up, being a linebacker. I want him back in there to help us out. I think I want more D-end out of him is why I asked. But I'm fine with him playing linebacker. And that's only because I, I trust Cox. They actually play even curse up in that position sometimes. I, I like Neil. He's back. And LVE, the Andy's points, having his best year. I just don't think they need him at linebacker as much as once, they do. Once Cox is, but. like, fully up to speed, Cox only played four snaps of defense on Sunday. So he's still, like, being acclimated into that role. Once Cox is, like, in that role and comfortable, I, too, think he's – I think he's a special athlete. I really do. Um, I think what they – 90% of what they wanted out of Jalen Smith, I think you can get out of a peak Jabril Cox. Um, and at that point, you're going to use Micah wherever their weakness is. If it's they have a really good running back like Saquon Barkley, he'll be playing a lot of linebacker. If it's, you know, we got to get to the quarterback to disrupt what's going on there. If they have Tom Brady, then you're going to see him come flying off the edge to disrupt things there. So I think that'll probably be their game plan, which I love. I love having mm -hmm. weapons like that that you can move around. Yep. No, I just. Should we do a. Uh... Star water, uh, love star goat of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for our first time listeners, everyone on this panel will give their all-star of the game. Goat gives out his ghost. Love gives his love of the game. Me being the walk star, I give my star of the game. And we, if, if, if we get a perfect unison, that's the, the love star goat. We've only had one and it was the boy Trayvon Diggs a couple weeks ago, but I don't know. I don't know what my boys are going to say. So, uh, on my screen, Z-Love, you were on the far left. So who was Love's love of the game? Dak Prescott. Oh. He played perfectly. Well, not perfectly. But for coming back from what he did, as they constantly remind us, and overcoming all that, especially the mental fog, because I mean, I also suffered that injury. And I've noticed now, like, I got on the roof, I get up on heights. I feel that a little bit. Something my body's telling me, oh, this is how you, you know, kill yourself. Yeah, for sure. All that stuff and him just overcoming it and him playing so well that last half. I'm giving it to Dak. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And there's always yeah, also I was, I was I was very tempted to give this to Zeke because 
so Zeke had five runs of more than 10 yards this game, which was awesome to see. Uh, I love seeing Zeke get out on the edge and show that burst, which we lost for a couple of years, and it's amazing. But, yeah, man, I, I go back to, to – I'm with you. Um, not only did Dak put in another just fucking amazing performance with some beautiful throws, um, I continue to just marvel at his ability to overcome adverse situations that I do think would have folded this team in previous years. Um, I watched so many iterations of the Cowboys – go through a first quarter like they had in this game and just collapse, like just totally give up the ghost and get killed. And whether it was because of like the entire team or, or Dak himself, Dak snapped out of that quick and suddenly they were the murder machine again. And that is exactly the kind of thing you need when you're in a deep playoff run, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be moments of doubt and you need a leader like that. Uh, and Dak Prescott is the beating heart of this team, and he showed that again on Sunday. So the go to the game is Dak Prescott. Oh, those are good. I'm, I'm trying to see if you boys swayed me. You know, I this was a tough one because I we scored 44 points, and it was almost it was almost like you could give this to just about anybody on this team. They're all playing so Dude, the, damn the whole well. offensive line could easily take. Anyone's award. They fucking. I know. I know. I mean, uh, Tyron had another perfect game. You know, he he no pressures, no sacks. He's the highest the, rated lineman through five weeks. He's back to NFL. like. He's back to the guy we in 2016. You know, 2014. Telling you, man, that that's off season surgery. He put it off for three years, and suddenly he doesn't have the neck roll. He's moving with a lot more. Like he's less stiff. He's got all his mobility back. Tyron looks five years younger. I think I'm ultimately going to still give it to Zeke. Just 110 okay. yards, two TDs, and really really what 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 gives it to me is the high stepping, the showboat so tight. and so, so I just that's just that, style that, points you would have definitely won. <laughs> that, that was sick. awesome. That was the that sickest was awesome. play of the game. Um I want Diggs to get a pick and get so cocky where he just like holds the ball up one-handed. Who was who that used to do that shit? Was that some Marcus Peters, you know? Yo, yeah, that was definitely a Marcus Peters move. Um, That's all right, though. All right, so we got the uh, Star Love Goat. It's not a full sweep. Dak takes overall player of the game. We love you for. Um, and, 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 and another great week. I love that we even have to argue. You know what I mean? Like the fact that there's like mm -hmm. five or six dudes every single game you can make a good case for being player of the game. That's crazy. Like, I legit <laughs> I legit said in my head, if Diggs gets another pick, I'm going to give it to Diggs. And I'm going to say it right now. If Diggs gets another pick next week, regardless if like CD goes bonkers with 200 yards, if Zeke <laughs> has his best game, if Diggs gets another interception, I, I will give it to him, regardless of whatever happens. In this I game. don't disagree with that stance. I will say that if that happens, I will fucking make fun of Mac Jones for the rest of his life. You have, No one could give you more of a heads up, dude. Like, you've had five weeks of film to be like, maybe not the best plan. And this isn't a situation where you're like, well, I can't not throw it to Jacoby Myers, dude. He's like the, an elite weapon. I have to. They have no one out there that you need to get the ball to like maybe you want to get the ball to Nikhil Harry but like their receivers are bums so yeah you think to digs, our problem 
exactly. They have literally the inverse team to us. They have no like, they have no mouths to feed. Their 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 grain stores are staying full, baby. They don't have to feed nobody on that offense. They're just so just they they do everything. have Mac Jones throw a lot. Um, he's thrown for fifty one times in a game. He's thrown for north of thirty every single outing. Uh, he has a 39 attempt game, a 40 attempt game and a 51 attempt game in his first five outings. Uh, he's never gone North of 275 yards. His best game is a two touchdown, one pick performance in a lost Tampa Bay. Uh, and he has two games where he has more touchdowns and interceptions out of these five. This kid is a turnover machine. He has turnovers in every single game fumbles in his first two. A one touchdown, three pick performance in the loss against New Orleans. They uh, they squeaked by the Texans, who are really bad, although playing hard, but really bad. Twenty five to twenty two. They have two wins this year. One is the Jets. One is the Texans. I mean, they are not a good football team. No. Now I'll but, say this: It's in Foxborough. It's going to be rainy as shit. Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick. We have not beat the Patriots since nineteen ninety six. We have not beat Bill Belichick mm. ever as a Patriots head coach. Mm. We have not beat the Patriots in Foxborough since 1987. So there's a lot of uh, history to undo here. Goodness. This is your good. This is your chance to go out and ball all over them. I think you're going to see. Uh, I think, given that it's Belichick, you're going to see like 47 different running backs, none of whom you will know. Uh, you're going to see effectively 200 different iterations of the same run play, quick dink and dunk pass play and screen play. Um, they have had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different guys carry the ball this year on their team from a rushing standpoint. They have as many ball carriers as pass catchers so far. So heavy ground team. Um, and that's even with Mac Jones throwing the ball a bajillion times a game because they're doing so much of that little dink and dunk shit behind the line. So they are zero and three at home this year. I do want to point that out. They have not won. They did give, but they gave the Bucks a game. I'll they did, and it was they gave the Bucks a game. That was him designing a defense specifically based off how Brady reads defenses, though. Yeah, I think and that was insider information he had there. That's definitely true, and I. I would be very shocked if this defense, who, I'll be frank, I don't think I can name a single person on the Patriots defense other than Devin McCourty. Um, it'd be very surprising to me if this defense, even with Belichick at the helm, could shut down the Cowboys offense. They're just too high octane. Yeah, they don't have much. I know J.C. Jackson, their corner's pretty decent. Um, and I know when I was looking at sack leaders, uh, Matt Judon is – up there he's got six and a half in five games which is pretty that's gnarly good. that's pretty that's pretty good although so, no one else on their team has any sacks so clearly he's yeah, like no one guy <laughs> yeah um and he played I, I watched all that patriots uh brady game and so i don't know man um i i, I tend to agree with you though i i, I don't i'll really say this game. do you know who single... plays safety do you know who plays safety for the patriots mccordy cody davis okay no shit. Golly. Like starting? I don't know. He has one tackle on the year, so that's hard. It's, he could be starting. That sounds like what Cody <laughs> Davis would do his five okay. starts. Sounds, yeah, sounds like a 
sounds like that a sounds Cody like Davis that sounds like five mind. good that sounds like five good Cody Davis days of work put together. So, um, we're four point favorite, which feels light to me. We should be much higher than that. I, I, I was Bovada, expecting a touchdown. Already, the line's already moved up to four and a half. I think it's just the weather, frankly. It's rain plus Belichick plus Cowboys haven't won since 90, 96 there or whatever. Um, I'm I'm frankly not that worried about this game. Not like I wasn't. It, it's more than the Giants, but less than the Panthers. Yeah, man. I mean, this is their offense. Let me read out just the starters and just – Stop me! Stop me when when there's a player you 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 have genuine fear of. Mac Jones, Damian Harris, Brandon Bolden, receivers Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, tight ends Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and how how dare you disrespect Ramondre Stevenson, dude? He's technic. Well, I guess Damian Harris is in the doghouse, so he might be getting snaps. Dude, James OUS. White still plays football. He's hurt. He's out. They he, they were using him the way they always used him as a little pass catcher, but he's injured. Dude, he's like our age. Who? That's wild. James White is like thirty. <laughs> like that's what, I, that's what I figured. But yeah, he's um, on IR. So and then like I said, there's just no one there. Their defense is fine. They're well coached, but they're once again, there's not like a there's not like a guy that jumps out at you that to me at least that you're you're going into the game being like, Oh shit, man, we got a they got a Bobby Wagner over there, or you know, they got someone we gotta avoid. No. So yeah, I, not I, on I, the field. There's still so Belichick. It's Belichick sure. is the whole thing. Fox Burr's the whole thing. I'm going to go ahead and lead us into predictions unless you guys got anything else y'all want to no, shoot. Jump. Nope. I'm going to say this is a another statement game. This team's too hot. I'm going to say 31-17. I like it. What's your thoughts, Zach? All right. Well, last week I said 42-20. <laughs> It was dude, pretty damn close, dude. Zach is, yeah, Zach is a close. psychic, dude. Zach, we got to start throwing some money his way. <laughs> I'm, we I'm got going. Our, we got ourselves a. We got ourselves a, a, a thoroughbred horse. We got to ride him. I, I'm going 38-20, and I'm going 38-20 with another interception. I, I think digs? it's with, for digs. I see oh. it happening. I don't see that streak ending yet. I'll say this. So, first of all, on the interception thing, Mac Jones is a college teammate of Diggs. Diggs has seen every Mac Jones pass there is a thousand times. Mac Jones was at Alabama before Diggs was. So, he was there the entire time Diggs was. Diggs definitely took reps against this guy. If he knew Jalen Smith or uh, Jalen Hurts, he definitely knows Big Mac. From a score perspective, the Patriots have put up a maximum of 25 points. They put that up against the Texans and the Jets. I don't even think they're going to – I just cannot foresee them putting up that same amount of points. So I'm going to say this game ends 35-17 Dallas Cowboys. We roll tide as we continue to roll America's team. And it's a passing of the torch. Last – the. The team of the 2000s, the 2010s, 
passes the torch to the team of the 2020s. The new dynasty and it, begins. It, and it comes it comes full circle because we are the team of the 90s and we passed exactly. it to New England. And now, now they've owned it here. for two decades and now they're going to pass it back. Our we way. would have it for three decades. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll so, pass it back. Then we'll give it back. To them. Yeah, they can begin like 2040, dude. You guys are you're, you're it. Belichick's head will be like preserved in a fucking jar like Futurama, and he'll just be on like a cyborg body calling plays. So, all right, boys. Well, those are the predictions. Uh, any final thoughts before we GTFO? None. None from me. All right. Well, as always, from all of us here at Boys with Boys, sponsored by Swisher Sweets. We thank you for your kind listenership. Uh, if you've liked what you heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment. We do love to hear from the fans. We have a new podcast email address. It is boyswillpod at gmail.com. Send uh, your nude pics, your corporate sponsorship offers, your cease and desist letters from Swiss Suites headquarters. All that stuff can go in that inbox. I check it routinely. Um. As always, thank you so much, and we'll be back next week to talk about hopefully the Cowboys' first win in Boston since Bill Clinton was in office. As always, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin T. Walker. Zachary Love. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. <laughs>